This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Mike McFalls, superintendent of Custer County School District. Mike's been on several times before. Mike, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, when we spoke in September, uh, school was just starting, and it was your first official week as uh, superintendent. Even though you'd spent the summer with a giant construction project, uh, a lot has changed since then, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The school was closed due to COVID-19 issues in March, about the time of spring break. Uh, You closed it till late in April, and then subsequently closed it for the rest of the semester. What all went into those decisions? We watch uh, what's happening in the country. Uh, We look to the uh, governor's office quite a bit and to the uh, Colorado Department of Education. So the week before spring break, things were starting to come loose. And right before we went on on spring break, I kind of gave heads up to the staff that if things continue, then we may be calling school for a period of time. We got into spring break, and districts started closing around us. I guess I kind of called it a little bit later than some districts because I was waiting for the governor to make the call because I did have concerns about waiving things that are mandatory, such as testing and things like that. And if the governor calls it, then that stuff all gets waived. So I called it about mid-spring break, day after the governor called it till about mid-April. Our teachers are fantastic. It, our staff has just risen to the occasion. I couldn't be more proud of, of the administration and, te- and teachers. But they, uh, they started working during their spring break, and probably we came back from spring break, and on that Tuesday, we were rolling out in-home learning, and we had a uh, schedule for feeding the kids in place. And, of course, we've been fine-tuning it since then. But, yeah, uh, we, we have an awesome staff at Custer County. It's an honor and a privilege. Let me ask a little bit about the in-home learning. It seems like you had just a week or two, uh, luckily, because of spring break, to anticipate this distance learning. How do you put that into place so quickly? As we saw districts closing, we conducted a survey before we went on spring break to ascertain how many families had reliable internet. And we came back with about 85% of our families. So, so we knew that we could, we could start online learning. And then for the rest of the families, we do what we call in-home learning, where we put together packets and we have a regular schedule where they come and pick up the packets and then they drop them off. For instance, uh, this Saturday is our next packet pickup and drop off. And coincidentally, we're also doing a reverse parade uh, where uh, the teachers are going to be in the parking lot, appropriately socially distanced, uh, <laughs> and inviting the families to drive by so they can wave at the oh, at okay. the teachers. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and that's one of the things that the teachers rose to the occasion on was getting online and getting the packets. Lisa Ganeri, who is now Lisa Nolan, is our IT specialist, and she just really was instrumental. She conducted classes for our teachers to get them up to speed on Google Classroom and in various forms. So yeah, it took a lot of work. It was Herculean, but they they did it and are maintaining it. So what happens long distance wise? Are there 
do the assignments just go back and forth, or is, are there some kind of online classes with a, a sort of a Zoom kind of thing, or is that is that uh, over the top? Yeah, we we do not use Zoom, but we use Google Hangouts, which is is almost identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then teachers uh, will establish a Google Classroom where students can drop their work off, or they can pick up their work and drop it off there. Various teachers have been conducting Google Hangout video classes. I know that Kinder, just a week or two ago, conducted a Google Classroom, uh, inviting the kids to, to log on just, just to make that connection with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have, a, have a quite a bit of that going on. I think that's one area that we do need to refine is that some of our secondary students might have to access multiple types of online learning, and that, that can be a little difficult. And so that's one area that we're going to look at, trying to get all that under one umbrella to make it simpler for home. Okay. Now, you're being pretty serious about uh, having students continue assignments and those sorts of things. You're looking for a commitment from the students from Absolutely. afar, even, even though they're not in class. Is that, is that right? That's correct. So we have thoughtfully considered how to do this in our in our requirements a student that does nothing is essentially a dropout and mr virgilio and myself are actually going to be doing home visits today to to just to check on the kids we haven't heard from which is a small number but we want to make sure they're okay and see what we can't do to to provide to help them progress forward but one of the things that we wanted to make sure we did is that we we want to hold harmless and we do not want to overstress the parents who are dealing with a multitude of issues and are now being asked to teach, which is a, it, it's a gift, a talent, and a highly technical field. <laughs> so one of the things that we did last week is that I asked the teachers to conduct a Goldilocks survey. How is the level of work? Is it just right, too much, not enough? And we asked the teachers to thoughtfully consider that and adjust that because we, we want the kids moving forward. We know we're going to have gaps in the, in the fall, but we also understand that it's very difficult for the families and we don't want to overwhelm them. That's a good point. Uh, you're asking parents now to uh, help out with the teaching uh-huh. at a time when they probably have a lot going on, especially if they're trying to work from home. Exactly. So, now, school is about education, of course, but there's a big social component. I imagine the students are missing their friends and social interactions that come with school. Uh, what do you hear along those fronts? I don't know that there's a silver lining in any of this, but that is kind of one of the things is that I, I think kids were kind of, uh, yay, we're, we're out of school. And then I, <laughs> oh no, we're, we're out of school. And that is what we do here a lot is kids do miss school. You know, even though they love, love not to be there sometimes, they really do love school. I do know and I've heard that various opportunities have been showing themselves out in the community where parents will, you know, have friends you know, drive by and things like that. So the kids are innovative in how they do their uh, social connection. But, yeah, they do, do miss school a lot. We do hear that. And we do hear a lot of comments from parents on how they now appreciate what teachers do if they didn't before and how difficult of a task it can be. Now, being the superintendent, a lot of your job is strategic, thinking ahead. Are you thinking ahead to some kind of modification of classes in the summertime, or you have various scenarios in the fall? Uh, Yes. 
So the two, the two avenues that we have to think about, one is, is what does school look like in the fall? And the other is, is our struggling students. Our students that struggle or may not have, uh, the parents are unable to provide the support that other parents are, they're at a disadvantage. So they work really hard when they're in school just to, just to stay even. And now with this in-home learning, they're at a disadvantage. They're going to fall further behind than other students will. And that, that's a disadvantage that may carry for multiple years. So we're, we're thinking about how can we support these kids. We are allowed to bring uh, small groups into school. We haven't started doing that, but it's, it's, an, it's an idea. And as long as we don't go over 10 and we maintain social distancing. So we're looking at probably bringing in some of those kiddos. We're also looking at some remediation during the summer, some uh, summer camps. I know that that is one thing that we can use the federal money for once that's released. We also know that X and Ed is is interested in helping provide that opportunity uh, so we can bring these kids back up to speed. In the fall, we're closely working with the health department, and we don't do anything that they don't or they won't approve. So what the fall looks like, we're, with, with every fiber of our being, hoping we will be back in the school. So that, that would obviously be the first step. And with that, we're looking at having remediation and what gaps have been created in spending the first few weeks of school working on closing those so that we can get our kids back up to speed. Then we're looking at some hybrids. You know, what, what if we're still in this situation? We are allowed to come to school, but there's restrictions. So we have a couple of ideas, you know, such as splitting classes in half and, and doing half in the morning, half in the evening. So we have at least some contact. And then, of course, worst case scenario is that we're still at home. And so we're, we're looking at how can we improve what we're doing now. Our technology person is, is doing a survey of, of where our students are at. We're talking about maybe putting a hotspot on a bus and driving it out to an area or doing some distance learning on the school buses or bringing them to local areas such as a church that might have some facilities and all within the uh, confines of the rules of the, uh, the governor and the health department. But what's this going to look like? Uh, so, yeah, we... It's all unknown. Our crystal ball is pretty cloudy, but as as it starts to reveal itself, we want to be prepared to, to move in the direction that's best for our kids. You've got to look at various scenarios and uh, plan for, for all of them, I suspect. Right. Uh, let me remind folks, we're visiting with Mike McFalls, superintendent of Custer County School District. Uh, Mike, what about sports? That's a big thing for some of the students. Uh, and if you look on the national scene, sports is one of the last things to come back, at least with an audience, if you will. How, how, how might that play out? Yeah, that's, that's one of the things, our, our, particularly our seniors, missed out on. You know, they, they don't have that. It's a huge thing for our, for our campus and, you know, for our kids, any type of activity. June 1st, the uh, CHASA, which is the organizing administrative body for sports, uh, high school, middle school sports in Colorado, that's when their no sports moratorium is up. So I intend to visit with uh, Miss Joy Parrish, our athletic director, and Mr. Joe Virgilio, our principal at that time, 
and we'll look and see where the governor governor's office is at and where our health department is at and what's allowable to see if we can't start bringing kids in for some uh, summer activities for sports goes but once again that's all highly up in the air we have to stay within the guidelines but we will be ascertaining once again reevaluating about the first yeah, of june good good, good. first of july as we run short of time i still have a couple questions i want to ask the school is still providing food i saw some photos of yes. uh, people putting together massive amounts of uh, sacks and all that sort of thing. That seems like a big project. How, how does that play out? How does that work? Well, we, we have the best cook staff. Miss Jerry and Miss Sierra are, are just working hard, and we have a lot of teachers coming in to volunteer. So Monday, Wednesdays from 9, 9 to 11, I believe it is, we provide two days' worth of food, breakfast and lunch. We know that most districts are doing something similar, but but we feel like our our cook staff are going above and beyond because they're providing hot breakfasts for our kiddos and hot lunches. So the the parents will come through. The food is available for all families, irregardless of income level. The state is funding that. So it's not based on free and reduced. It's just based, come on by and pick it up. And then our bus drivers will will take uh, food out into the county and they've established meeting zones so that families that can't come in on Monday, Wednesdays to pick up the food can meet the buses. Let me ask about seniors. Uh, being a senior in high school is a huge thing, uh, graduation, prom, those sorts of things. In the current setting, what are the plans for the seniors? That's, that's one of the tragedies is that our seniors are going to miss all of those formative memories. And it's such a milestone in, in growing up. A lot of districts have been considering going virtual. Mr. Virgilio has been in contact with the seniors, and the seniors have had a great deal of input into what graduation will look like. And we're going to kind of take a page from the Air Force Academy. And and so the seniors, they want to do an in-person graduation on the football field, socially distanced around. And if anyone's seen our football field, it's kind of sunken in, and there's a driveway around the top. And so the families will be able to park their vehicles around the top and observe graduation. We'll have a, a trailer set up as a podium, and we're, we're hoping to be able to broadcast it also so that the seniors will have, and, and they emphasized they wanted as a traditional graduation as possible. We had some pretty cool ideas about uh, having the diplomas delivered by helicopter and, and all kinds of stuff to make it special, but they didn't want that. They wanted traditional. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, we're looking forward to being able to do that for our seniors. That sounds great. Mike, anything else that folks should know out there? We miss the kids. That's, it's just really difficult. That's why you do this, and we're just concerned about them. For some of our kids, this, this is the best part of their day is coming to school, and we worry about them out there. Mike, thanks for uh, coming by, and uh, on behalf of the community, uh, thanks for all that you and your staff have done all the teachers for making this happen. It's a huge challenge, and it seems like it's gone pretty seamlessly. Well, 
because of the, the excellent staff. They have just gone above and beyond. Not a single person has faltered. It's just an honor to work with these folks. And, and we miss our families, and we just want them to know that we're here to be supportive, and we want to move their kids forward in education, but we also know that family situations can be very difficult, and so we're, we just want to help our families and our kids be successful and do well. Mike, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure as always, Gary. Thank you very much. We've been visiting with Superintendent Mike McFalls from the Custer County School District. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 